0: All right. all right, you got all your banging out, Jim? Yep, done. <laughs> I'm a little animated.
1: <laughs> all right. Five, four, three, two, one.
2: Our motivation was to grow. You know, we serve a mature industry. There's big players out there globally, and there's smaller guys like us that it's hard to penetrate. We have to start thinking about acquisition seriously. It was always in the back of our minds, but now it's like, okay, we want to move forward. Let's get started.
0: If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips.
1: Jim, I've got great news. What's that? I got an email from Bill at Tiss and Krupp and they want to extend the promotion on onlinemetals.com to our listeners.
0: Seriously? That's awesome. I love onlinemetals.com. For me... They're never closed. You know, Jason, I'm a couple years older than you. I think more than a couple. Well, a couple times too. I'll make Uh, you feel good about yourself. Thank you. Thank you. And sometimes, you know, I have problems sleeping. I've shared that with you. So if I'm not sleeping and I get up at three in the morning and I've got a quote package due, I can log onto their site, get all my pricing, and I've checked that off my to-do list for that day. Yeah, that's great, right, but you really need to start sleeping more. I know. I know I'm working on it. But even on the weekends when I've got my homework, I can log on, get all my material cost, even prices on custom lengths too. And the navigation on that site is brilliant. It saves me so much time.
1: Yeah, that's great. And, you know, we really want to thank our Making Chips listeners by using that CHIPS2 promo code. TissenKrupp did reach out to us and said, due to the overwhelming response, that they want to extend the promo code to Making Chips listeners until the end of September 2015. So use the promo code CHIPS2. Enter that code in the field box when you check out, and you will get 15% off your order. That's
0: awesome. I'll have to remember that the next time I'm doing my homework at 3 a.m. Yeah, get some more sleep. I will. Hey, welcome everybody. It's great to have you with us today. We're coming to you live from our beautiful Chicago studio. It's a non-humid, beautiful, sunny day here. And uh, we just want to reiterate to you that this is the podcast to equip you, you manufacturing leaders. Yes. How you doing, Jim? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm great. Great yes. uh, summer day here in Chicago. Yeah, it's beautiful uh, outside. It's good to be here. we got a great guest with us today. Uh, I'm excited to introduce him, or, or you introduce him, for yes. that
1: matter. Yes, so I will introduce him, but before we go there, do you have any business news to well, share with it, us? Well, it's
0: kind of crazy, as a matter of fact. Yeah, you know, when we, when we set up this VIP guest for today uh, to talk about acquisitions, it's kind of funny how, ironically, last week... You had a contact. Yeah, one of our customers. Yeah, is looking to leave the industry. Yeah, they want to sell. They want to retire. Yeah, and he wants to sell his business. Get and, out. Yeah. And some days I can understand that. But no. No way. <laughs> I, I think, you know, it's, it's something that Jim Carr at Car Machine and Tool has always thought of, but we've never really... Executed it, or even started to probably think never about. even pursued acquiring another company or another no, brand. I haven't. Well, I mean, I've thought about it. I, I, yeah, you know, a lot of my friends and peers are doing it, and you know, if they're doing it successfully, then I want to know what they're doing. So um, it's going to be great having Tom with us on the show today to share his good and successful experiences he's had. Yeah. So I mean I had
1: I had a customer come to me and, and said they wanted to retire and sell their business. And you know, I felt that they were a good fit for or possibly a good fit for for your company. And I know that you're you manage your, your business well. And so I thought well, thank that you. you know you could only I think enhance I do too. this other business. So yeah, I made the connection and it's all up to you now.
0: Yeah. We went out there Friday. And I've got the list. I've got the I've got a, a couple bullets of things I want to follow up and, Great. Uh, and I'll help you through it as much thanks. as I can. And I'm sure after today's episode yeah, we'll Tom, all have some. Tom will help uh, t- at least help me out, and I'll have uh, some more questions to be crafted for them. Yeah, and we're
1: actually, um, my company, we're working on, my family, we're working on a couple acquisitions too, trying to grow
0: the business. Yeah, you've, you've shared that with me. Yeah, our, I, yeah, I wish you the best. We, you got to fill me in on what's. Yeah, the I will.
1: I will. Our business is kind of different. You know, you, you kind of got to get bigger. It's, you know, the small guys are getting
0: squeezed out. So it's like, you know, go big or go home. I agree. So also, too, I want to I say that our website is finally live. It's oh yeah, yeah. that's it's new a business. sexy news. rockin website. I've never been happier and go visit it carmachine.com. Yeah, that's great.
1: So why don't I introduce our guest? We have on the show today Tom Hilaris. He's the CEO of Ergo Seal, and he's been in that role for a short 18 months. So how you doing, Tom? I'm doing well thank you how are you i'm great so tom is a graduate of the university of iowa he's got a b.a in health services and science he's also got his mba from elmer's college in finance so we know there you he go is bam smart guy bam yes and experience. And experience, yes. <laughs> so ErgoSeal is a family owned and operated company. They design and manufacture mechanical and lip seals for OEM companies. And I know that, you know, we talked briefly about Tom's company and they're at heart, they're an engineering company and Correct. they also manufacture all the product that they sell. Correct. Welcome to the show, Tom. Yeah, We'd Tom. like to talk to you Thank about you.
0: acquisitions because I know you have a lot of experience as far as that goes. Yeah,
2: love to answer any welcome, questions. Welcome, welcome. Thank
0: you. So, Tom, you've been a busy guy for the last couple of years, huh?
2: Very busy. Yeah, so I,
0: you know, I understand you've acquired two
2: new companies. Correct. Yeah, Yeah. last yeah last year, about uh, what is it now? Fourteen months ago. Okay. We acquired. Why don't you uh, give us the timeline? Tell us the timeline as far as your acquisitions took place. You know, when 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 did you start and how long? We started looking to growth acquisition. We targeted other companies in our in the same industry that we are in the, the seal business, and we started looking. In January of 2014, and we ended up acquiring, closing on the business, and the first one, uh, June 27th. So within six months, that's we actually closed. a quick close yeah, it's for a acquiring quick. a business, you we know, had, from my experience. Yeah, yeah, we had a motivated seller and a motivated buyer, and you know, in our industry, we're in such a niche industry, so there aren't a lot of players out there, and it was a perfect, perfect fit. We're able to uh, increase our engineering staff expertise and also increase our product lines so from a motivation standpoint what was your motivation
1: and what was what was his motivation to sell
2: our motivation was to grow you know we're we serve a mature industry critical components and rotating equipment there's big players out there globally and there's smaller guys like us that it's hard to penetrate we do mainly oem business and it's to, hard
1: to change that business. Oh, yeah, because yeah, it's a critical you need component. To through, yeah, exactly. So you have
2: to, they have to validate you. You, know, you have to be an approved supplier. And if you're not, it's real difficult to get in the door. We went the way of, we never had sales. We never had a sales manager. We never did a- actively sold our products. It was always through word of mouth. So then back in uh, 2013, we hired a business development manager for the first time. So we said, let's try that to grow. We rebranded ourselves and uh, started investing heavily in a marketing campaign Increasing our uh, capabilities in-house for you know, manufacturing capabilities, and after a year, we got a better feel for the market. We go, this is difficult. It's it's real hard to.
1: It's going to be difficult for us to move some of that OEM product away yeah. from the global players. Right,
2: right, exactly. So we said we have to start thinking about acquisition seriously. It was always in the back of our minds, but now it's like, okay, we want to move forward. Let's get started. And the first thing we did in January, uh, we we hired on an advisor, and they helped us. So target. that was a
0: January 2014. Right. you hired the advisor. Okay, mm-hmm.
2: we had talked the year before. Okay, and just
0: to get some just, some dialogue yeah. going, exchanging yeah. things. We didn't
2: really know where do you right. where do you begin. Right, how do you even start the acquisition process? huh. You know, how are you going to fund it? Who who are you going to target? How how do the negotiations go? So I read up a lot about on the process, and then. I didn't feel comfortable enough going through the negotiations, you know. So, you know, I didn't have experience in it. So that's when we looked at advisors. And for small business like us, there's almost nobody out there. You know, the acquisition advisors or the investment banking industry – not a lot of them deal with small companies. No, like they us. don't. They they oh. don't have the
1: time to deal yeah. with a smaller manufacturing right. company. Right. And so that was smart for you guys to find an advisor that you know you don't have the experience yet, and so you need yep. to bring
0: somebody in that can help you through that process. That was that was smart to do that. Can we stop just for a second with that advisor? I want I, I want to know more about this advisor role and what that guy does. We don't just stop the podcast. No 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 no. Yeah. I want to know I want to know about this advisor. So he he's somebody that it's going to look he's going to strategically look like a realtor looks for real estate property for you this advisor goes out and combs the, the right he's got strategic he does. criteria that you're looking for he, and he
2: scours the country yes but uh we already knew our targets okay you know, okay. so i put so a you target compiled the list.
1: list of targets together that was your first step
2: yeah because we were really specific in what we wanted you know we didn't want a manuf- just a manufacturing company you know, we didn't want, uh, there's other type of seals, you know, so we were very specific and we gave him a list about probably 20 companies and he ended up calling them. And the one that we ended up acquiring Norman Technology out of California happened to be that uh, my dad knew the original owner of the company back in the mid nineties. And we'd always been in California. Yeah, they okay. were always in the California and I didn't know that. So it's kind of a small world. So we ended up right away they were actually in play at the time to be sold and the exclusivity agreement had worn off and they said hey we're interested you sound just like us you know they saw the little paragraph about who ergo seal was like we don't know you the new owner didn't didn't know of us and uh he said come out here let's talk we flew out in two days we were out there and it was just it was a great fit and he was motivated he wanted to retire he was a stepson of the original owner, and he wanted to, you know, hang About up About the with same shoes. size yeah. company? Yeah, a little bit smaller than us, but okay. not by much. This company brought complementary
1: capabilities to what you were already doing. I believe you told me once that it was a different material, but same types of seals. Is that correct? Different type of seals. Okay, different well. type of
2: seals, same material? No, different materials. Okay. So we ended up gaining a product line of lip seals, oil seals, which are you know also for rotating equipment, sealing uh, devices, and we couldn't offer that before. For them, they always engineered them and they would outsource the manufacturing, and that's what we brought in. And now we're able to go to our current Ergo seals prior customers we're able to go to them and offer them that cost savings.
1: And you're also able to internally manufacture the product because you said that it was an engineering
2: company at its R- core. Right. Now, uh, the lip seals, we do not. Okay. We have to outsource the manufacturing. That's the next step. That's, oh, that's where we're looking at So that's now. where you can
1: bring some cost savings to the exactly.
2: acquisition. And, and that's, yeah, down the line, that's kind of a next acquisition that we're looking at is being able to manufacture those, control the manufacturing.
0: Great, so it's 2014. You acquired Norman Technologies in California. Mm-hmm. You found a great fit through an advisor. You had synergy between the companies. You're both about the same size. But from what I'm hearing, Tom, is the main objective, or one of the main objectives, was to get their current customer list so you could get in the door that bigger OEM that you hadn't
2: been in. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Well, kind of, but okay. Ergo Seal prior to the acquisition again, is we were very, we were only a few markets, but we were very deep globally. And Norman Technology, on the other hand, was very broad in the industries they served, but not very deep. So they were more horizontal. They were more horizontal. We were much more vertical. Got it. So what we saw was, hey, you guys are in some really big businesses and really big companies. Why haven't you sold more? "Mm, We didn't feel like it. You know, or we, you know, that wasn't our goal at the time. They were happy where they were. They're a small company, like a lot of us, right? right. A lot of yeah, us, hey, we're it. happy where we're at. Right. You know, maybe we're you know, looking to retire or something like that. So we're not actively pursuing new business. So we saw it as a big opportunity. And that's where we kind of took and ran with it. We're able to go into the existing customers that Norman Technology had and be like, hey, do you know all the products that we do? Oh, no, we didn't know that. Yeah, we can help you with that. Interesting. You know, cost savings, uh, we find solutions for them. Yeah. And we want to be a sole seal supplier that nobody else really can be globally. Yeah.
0: Then all of a sudden, that worked out really well. Yep. And then you said, hey, this feels and looks good. I'm I'm liking this stuff already. (laughs) What was the second
2: one? Oh, uh, the shortly second, thereafter. Yeah, let's say two weeks after we closed right. on our second acquisition, which was our neighbor in the building. We own the building. It's a three unit building. We were sharing the last unit and they were at we had the middle space and we had the, the other end and we asked them, hey, you guys are going to make an acquisition. You may have to move over. They were owned by a German company and the German company said, eh, we want to focus our investments in Germany anyway, probably liquidate. We said no, don't liquidate. I mean, we know the guys. You know, we don't know the industry. We didn't know the industry that well, but it's manufacturing. It uh, brings more capabilities, and it's a nice match for us. There was some familiarity there in the oh, manufacturing definitely, process. Definitely, yeah. They they very specific. They're more in the tool and die industries, mm-hmm. and a, a very you know high precision grinding operation of steel and carbide, and. And ergo seal we we're outsourcing a lot of that. Now we're able to bring some of that in-house. Yeah, and
1: I bet that there's a lot of other smaller companies out there that, you know, the owner probably thinks to themselves, well, I'll just shut this down and, you know, auction off my equipment and be done. But there's there's young guys like yourself in the industry that say, I'm hungry for opportunity. I'll buy your business, you know, grab that customer base, and then see what, what kind of manufacturing processes that I can you exactly. know, bring to my company and also a customer base that I didn't have access to before, which I think goes back to what Jim and I were talking about before, which was one of the acquisition strategies that you're looking at is, here's another customer base that I can look at. I'm not selling into this industry, and now I can have access to that.
0: Okay, so once you determine that this is the direction you want to go and it looks all good, then you gotta do the deep dive and then you gotta that's when all the good stuff starts to come out. How much is it gonna cost and you know what roadblocks did you hit and you know Yeah. And so
2: and look I guess kind of go back on the advisor that you wanted to touch on. Okay. Because it's exactly what they they helped us. It was it's one specific gentleman, he helped us do the negotiations and then help us put together those performa Income statements and balance sheets and help us project what our numbers would be from a year from now, two, three, five years.
0: Does that advisor get a fee? Is it fee based? Oh, yeah. Commission based? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm just Absolutely. I, You don't have to disclose what they were. I just, of course, he's going to get something, but he's kind of like the liaison.
2: He's the conduit oh, between yeah.
0: the seller and the buyer.
2: And it's a great help because. But is he
0: representing you or? He represents, is he, yeah. Or is rep- representing both? No, us. Okay. Okay.
1: Do you feel that you've gained some expertise from dealing with him for a period of time that you could almost take on those those tasks yourself now? Because I know that, you know, when we've done acquisitions in the past and, you know, as we're looking at them now, we put together those performers ourselves.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, I did a lot of it and he just helped me tweak it. But, you know, personally, yeah, I don't like to do the negotiations. I don't like to contact people, you know. It's just not in my personality to okay, do that. Okay, I, I right. feel bad.
0: At least you, at least I, you, know, you, know, you know that. Yeah, right? I know that. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, see,
1: I mean, I, I've picked up the phone before and just called companies and say, hey, you know, it's real easy. Hey, you're interested in selling your company. Yeah, I know. How easy is
2: that? I think know? it's, for us, we've gotten those calls too. It's like, yeah, you know, guess, get yeah, out we of we here, all all know, hang up the phone or right. something. Okay, but, so are you crazy? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so before you went on your first date with your wife, did you have to have somebody else? Yeah, yeah, thanks <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Thanks, he thanks for that. You are no, waiting for that one, weren't that you? that was before Match.com, too, yeah. <laughs> where they
0: vetted everybody out, you know? At least it was, in my day, it was before, way before Match.com. That's before you could look in the newspaper, right? I
2: think there's something witty I probably missed out to, to respond to that, so. <laughs> yeah. so.
0: Yeah, so you acquired the second company that was right next door to you mm-hmm. within, so June 2014, when did you take over the company that was adjacent to yours?
2: July 17th. Oh my god, so literally like a couple of months, yeah, weeks, weeks, yeah, two literally weeks, Two weeks. weeks. Two, two, two and a half weeks. Oh yeah, oh my god, oh my god, that's great. And that worked out because we didn't have to move machinery, you probably got a great deal on it if we, they were looking to we liquidate, did. yeah, absolutely. And that one that one was that's already paid off, so we didn't have to take any loans for that one. The guys are awesome that we have, we're able to share responsibility and manufacturing for Seber stuff, and, and they can manufacture some Ergo Seal stuff, so you know. They had some capacity issues with some of the CNC equipment. Now that we have capacity, we're able to bring that on and it helps us both out tremendously. So you just bought select assets of
1: that company from the German parent company. Exactly. Asset-based.
0: So so what about the funding? Can you can you do a little bit of a deep dive into it and and what is the approach? What what any tips, you know, maybe to me or to to Jason or our listeners right. that what would be the best case scenario? I know all scenarios are going to be different when you look at them because all businesses are very complex.
2: If you could get seller financing, a uh, 100% wanted- of seller financing, you know, that'd be great, but
1: you know, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, seller financing is always the best way to go. Some sellers are,
2: you know, spooked about doing that, and they won't, they won't do exactly. it. You know what I mean? Even if I hey, mean, they want to wanna go, they yeah. want they're selling for a reason. They want their money, yeah. and they want to get out of there. They don't yeah. want to have to wait for it's, five years. Or, and
1: sometimes you can get you can get a better deal, right, by financing from the bank in the first place.
2: So you, you can. And here's what oh, I came across. Okay, the, Really, okay, it's a yeah. big deal though because this is why... I had a roadblock with financing. We've never taken on debt. In the history of 25 years, you know, we're a very conservative financial company and we had a good amount of cash in the bank. We've been saving for something like this. So I felt we're in a good place. Now, the big banks, oh, you don't have enough assets or you don't have enough, especially our deal was mostly on cash flow. So we weren't buying a lot of assets from the company.
1: So they have nothing to collateralize.
2: Uh, exactly. So that was the roadblock that we came across and who saved us was our local bank that we use. It's just a one-branch bank out of Elgin. And, I mean, they came through.
0: Why? Because you had a relationship with them? So I had if, a you're, if you're dealing with, like, a big bank, oh, they,
2: were, they, have I was, a, they have
1: a box. And if yeah. you don't fit in that right. box, forget it. no deal.
0: No deal. But, but I don't even think that they can't even manipulate it. They you can't. know what no, I mean? There's, no, there's, if you're no, not in the there's box. There's no cush room no, at all. No. Yeah. yeah. Zero. Yeah, zero. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: They run some ratios. And if you're outside of that, then...
2: Right, Sorry. even if you fit in the ratio, you know, they'll go, oh, well, the underwriting is going to cost me the same if it's a large transaction or a small one. Why am I going to waste my time That's with, true. you know, my cost underwrite is going to be the same. You know, being a small company, you better really show good numbers. And I said, hey, payback's really good on this, you know, on this deal. And I had other independent people look at this who who are who in banking industry who did a lot of these deals and said, oh, this is a slam dunk. You know, you have to go with it. But the big banks... Didn't want it because, again, like you said, collateral. So the small bank came through, and we got it done real quick. And it just gave me a bad taste of the big banks, honestly, for small businesses.
0: Your brand perception of the big bank changed completely. I used to love them. And now I'm, you know... I don't, I don't want to go too down a
1: rabbit hole. Yeah, sorry. Bank right. no, no, yeah. But, but just the way that the federal government has really disrupted the banking industry, I mean, it's so highly regulated now, it makes it difficult for those small banks to survive. And it's kind of a scary thought because then that makes it harder for small manufacturing companies like exactly. ours to grow their companies. So not even it's, su- it's kind know,
2: of a, a scary combination of factors. It is. It's all small businesses in America. It's not just manufacturers. Yeah, it's anybody it, who needs a loan to... To make an acquisition to grow or do whatever they need to do. And if your only option is going to a big bank, it really hinders that American dream. It does. Yeah, I was disappointed in that. But in the end, they saved us. We came through. And I think that was probably the largest roadblock to the negotiations. It was the financing. Really? Well, you probably learned a lot, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. It was a learning process. You know, it wasn't anything, nothing blindsided us, but it was kind of eye-opening. To the industry, you know, to the whole process. I, I didn't know that's how that worked.
0: So, Tom, kind of like, because we've got about 10 minutes right. left, five minutes left, and I want to make sure we get, I think this is a very important question that I, I'd like to hear the answer to, and I, I, Jason probably would too, and our listeners, I'm sure. Why don't you give us three fundamental things that someone should seriously consider before they enter into an acquisition? Like, you've got to know in your head, man. Boom! 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 These are the things that really caught me off guard.
2: I think for me is how do you handle the change with your employees? You know, there's a lot of changes when you make acquisitions. There's new processes. Everyone has to change. You know, I'm changing. All the managers have to change things, and it's that culture. That how how do you how do you that corporate culture? You know, you're having two companies into one, or in our case, three into one i mean it could be very simple things too jim i mean it could be like
1: well you know you know jim i'm just gonna make or bob you know who owned the company previously he used to pay us you know twice a month and now you're paying me every two weeks you know and like little things like that or you know if they're working for this european company well they used to give me you know eight weeks off a year right you're only giving me two you know so like little things like that really make a big difference as far as the culture of of integrating those two companies and you know keeping the you know your
2: staff motivated and you know keeping keeping their eye on the ball that's hard it's how do you project you know for me doing it it's I'm so excited about these things. I'm excited about the process that we're improving. And how do you project that to the employees? And how do you get them to, you know, reciprocate that feeling? Well, because it, it, you that, know that's what? The,
0: I, I think that you can convey that. I do. I think if your employees know you well enough yeah. and understand you and have a relationship with you, they're going to feel that enthusiasm and that excitement in you. So when you tell them about this acquisition, they're going to get excited too. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's only bettering themselves. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. 100%. 100%. But, right? We're talking 100%. about the
1: new people too that
2: don't know you. right? right. You know
1: what I mean? You got to right. get them in the game too. Right yeah, now, it's And a they don't know cost. you. And so you got to start off from square one with them.
2: That's the thing that I underestimated. I underestimated that one. The integration so of culture. The integration of culture. So if you're, that's number one. Okay, what's the second one? The overall cost of an acquisition. Yeah, sure. Here's your purchase price. And I know my costs are going to increase here and here and here. But no matter how conservative you are, when you're looking at your numbers, I would say add 30% to that. You need some cushion. You need percent. some cushion. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. You just never know. Things wow. you have to move machines around now. I didn't think I had to do that before. Or because all of a sudden your processes are changing. Because it's a continuous improvement. You know, we've never done it before. We planned for it during the negotiations, but things change. Or
1: something goes wrong. I mean, you know, I've got some friends that have done some acquisitions as well, and we kind of jokingly call this peeling back the onion. So you're exactly. peeling back the onion, and you're finding these different layers yes. of cost that you just didn't see them coming. Oh, you know? I have to
2: get a new tele- a new phone system for
0: the oh, business, is that right? so Oh, well, you know, there it goes unreal, like ten grand. Unreal. You know that you didn't yeah. think was going to go.
2: <laughs> these kind of things.
0: So what else, Tom? Is it very interesting?
2: I'd probably say from the three fundamental things. I, you I would two. say
1: you mentioned making sure that you're doing the acquisition for the right reasons.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely, it's you know make sure you're not making acquisition just to make an acquisition. Right. Make not sure it for brings, the ego reasons. Exactly. Make sure you bring true value to the business. You know, if it's increasing your customer base, if it's giving you new capabilities to service your customers, right, your you're existing customers, see some cost
1: savings in the new acquisition. Uh, absolutely,
2: it's either cost savings. You know, increase your revenue or both. That would be. That's what you aim for to do both things. On ours, that's what we did. And so it's it's working out. But those are the three things that I would recommend to people to really look out for.
1: Great. I'm going to reiterate some of these points. So the first point was to be cognizant of integrating the culture. The second point was... To give yourself some cushion as far as expenses goes, to make 30%. sure that yeah, to make sure that you, <laughs> you, you you understand that you are peeling back an onion when you're buying another business. And then the third point, which which we're going to break down as well, is is to make sure that you're doing the acquisition for the right reasons. That you're adding value to your existing business. So you've got you know enhanced customer base, you've got enhanced capabilities, or you can increase revenue or, or see some cost savings in in the new business.
2: Can't kind have of said it better myself.
0: Great. Well, thank you, Tom.
2: Thank you, yeah, guys. Thank you, you show. Hey, man.
0: Pleasure having you here today. I know we've been trying to get you on the show for a while, and it—it's kind of ironic how it all worked out at the timing. That Jason's looking, and I'm thinking, and uh, I hope our listeners out there are doing the same thing. And uh, my God, if they have any feedback or any—yeah, we'd love to, to hear about to this acquisitions our listeners are working on. Yeah, that'd be great if you would share yeah. any information. Yeah. With
2: are you hunting down some more? We are. Great. We are. Show. We have something potential to to look at. Okay. We're kind of where Jim's at something overseas great oh, wow. you know great. we want to control some different type of manufacturing that we don't control now so ah, maybe you never know it's new territory for us so great that's
0: great tom awesome yeah, good for you i love doing this show because yeah. it you know at the end of the day we're not the most intelligent people in the world although some days we think we are it's all about giving back and sharing our experiences whether it's jason's or jim's or tom's or Anybody else that we've had on the show? Yeah, and,
1: and I love having, you know, just to note this, I love having young people on the show. Like, I mean, I think, Tom, you and I are, you know, similar in age, and I love that, right. you know, to see that generation, you know, coming into the business. So, like, you know, Tom, myself, Jim, your son. I mean, that, that kind of stuff really, like, gets me excited that, you know, there is another wave of manufacturing coming, you know,
2: and, and that's, that is great. Yeah, and if anybody wants to reach out to me for any of my experiences. How will get a hold of you? They can contact me, I guess, via email. your LinkedIn or your LinkedIn? Yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah.
0: Spell your name so everyone knows.
2: Okay, Tom. T-O-M. T-O-M. Yeah, <laughs> you got that one? And then and- Hilaris, H-I-L-A-R-I-S. Great, and we'll put some links in the show notes too. Yeah, great. I mean, I, I'm free to give advice anytime. If someone's going through it for the first time and maybe they want, you know, any of the people I used or the banking or the advisors or any information I can help, you know, I'm, I'm open. Great, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah.
0: And uh, just to our listeners know that they can uh, go to makingchips.com and get all that information. Uh, don't forget our social sites, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, and, and let's, let's just, see
1: some comments on the episode page for this. We'd love to hear about, you know, questions for, about acquisitions, you know. Well, we'd be happy to field those questions.
0: Thank you, guys. What does my dad always say?
1: <laughs> if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. Tom is a graduate of the University of Iowa. He's got a BA in health services and science. That sounds like a fancy name for like, you know, what a gym teacher would have or something like that. I, health oh, science. It makes a
0: lot. Is makes it a, a lot. fancy name, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I'm just kidding. It's